1: Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. It's just two of us this week. Your host, Conor Clancy, as always, I'm here, and I'm joined by Ewan Burns. Ewan, hello, and thanks for keeping me company this week.
0: No worries at all. It's been it's been a nice, slightly calmer weekend with just just the women's stuff to do and the international yeah. that I've ignored even more than normal because I just did not feel like being involved with them at all.
3: <laughs> no, absolutely right. I love I love that about international football. I do actually like it, but I think one of the things I like the most about it is you can be more selective. So, for example, I'll keep tabs with what Ireland are doing and what Italy are doing, and that's about it. Whereas when there's a Serie A game week and a Serie Femminile game week, and to a certain extent Serie B, you've got to keep across about fifty games in all, so it's a bit <laughs> exhausting. But yeah, it's it's quite nice to to have that everything a little bit more calm. So. Just before we start talking, um, it is a different sort of FIF pod this week because there is no men's Serie A. We are going to focus solely on Serie A Femine. and if you want to listen to a bonus podcast about the international fixtures, we will be posting something on that, probably on Thursday morning over on our Patreon page. So do head over to... No, I always go to forzitalianfootball.com. Head over there to read things if you want to sign up for patreon it's patreon.com forward slash forza italian football we're building a little bit of a community over there it's nice the subscriptions are coming in slowly but surely and we are building something so do head over there bonus content bonus podcasts a weekly newsletter there are two euro five euro and ten euro tiers available and we would much appreciate if you could sign up and give us a little bit of a hand as we try to cover games from Italy, unlike everybody else, basically. But, Ewan, let's talk about Serie A Femenile, because I was at the Stadio Artemio Frankie, over the weekend to watch Juventus rather depressingly just swap <laughs> Fiorentina aside 3-0. But before we get into the weekend's action, I'm just going to list through all of the results. We'll talk about an interview that you did, and then we'll get into it. So Roma beat Napoli 4-1 in a game that had a ridiculous... First half, I I lost count of all the goals that were being scored in the first 20 minutes. Milan beat Sampdoria 1-0. Sassuolo beat Alas Verona 4-0. Inter beat Lazio 1-0. Juve, as I said, beat Fiorentina 3-0. And Pomigliano got the first ever Serie A point, drawing 2-2 with Empoli in quite dramatic fashion there as well. But, Ewan, during the week, you had a chat with Sampdoria's first ever Serie A captain, uh, Stefania Terenzi.
0: How was that? Yeah, it feels weird talking about a someone who is the first captain of a team. That just seems wrong. But um, it's—I think it's a really good move by Sam Dori to bring her in because she's—you know—she's 33. You don't make someone a captain straight away for no reason. It's quite rare for a new player to come in somewhere and be the captain immediately. But she's she spent a lot of time in Serie A. She's won it twice with um, Russia near the beginning of her career, and she spent a couple of seasons at Inter as well, um, which obviously is in a time where they've depleted slightly, but she, as she said in the interview, she seems to think that they're going to shoot up again this season. As we've talked about, they do seem to have invested a lot. They've got Rita Guarino in charge now as well. Um, so she's quite hopeful for her own team and her old team at the same time.
3: Yeah, and they got off to the best possible start, really, winning on their Serie A debut. I mean, it's hard to start as a completely new club in a division. We've seen Pomigliano struggle so far in, in Serie A. But, I mean, Samp got off to the best possible start playing fellow newcomers, Lazio, who had been promoted. They beat them 2-1. So there's something there to build on. And then even this weekend, although they might have lost 1-0 to Milan... That is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, Milan are very, very strong and will fancy themselves to push Juve again this season. So it does seem like Samp have a a bit of a squad that could potentially do something this season.
0: Yeah, there's nothing about the performances or results so far that would suggest that they've got any danger of going down. Um, Which, you know, they're incredibly hard to predict because they're brand new. Um, you have no idea what they could do with, with the way that women's football is with it all being relatively young in comparison teams can teams can appear and they can suddenly win You know, it's been seen in England with Manchester United when they made a women's team, ploughed a lot of money in, and they climbed two divisions immediately um, so you never know if a team like Sampdoria are going to suddenly just be better than Juventus but it doesn't seem like they're going to go as mad as that but they do look like a team that can cause genuine problems for the, the people at the very top
3: yeah, they absolutely can. One thing I thought was interesting about the interview was towards the end, you, you chatted a little bit about the the progress of women's football in general in, in Italy. And a lot of people have been pretty downbeat about this over the last, I guess, year. But I think it's fair to say that Terenzi was, was pretty positive and, and quite excited about where things are going.
0: Yeah, she's, she's at that sort of interesting age where she's a very good person to talk to about it, because being 33, she's been there since the league was in its infancy, pretty much, um, and she will still be around, you'd think, next season when it becomes a professional league, so she's very much seen the growth happening over the years, and she clearly thinks that it's going the right way, and it's about to get a lot bigger with the with the TV deal, and then, like I said, becoming professional next season when the salary caps are going to disappear, and teams can really go for
3: it. Yeah, I, I do. I was given a little bit of hope, perhaps falsely, by what she said when she was talking about the potential of a title race. And she said, Serie A is becoming increasingly competitive. And I think that this season there will be more teams ready to compete for the title. And I do think that, as, as we've said already this season, that is definitely the case. There are teams who are ready to compete for the title. But, as Juventus showed yesterday in Florence on Sunday, they're still strong. They haven't gone anywhere. And if anything, they themselves have strengthened this season. Losing Rita Guarino, the coach, was obviously quite a loss. But they brought in Joe Montemuro from Arsenal, a really good coach in the game. They've signed Bonfantini from Roma. They've just taken one of their direct rivals, one of their better players, and they're just so impressive. Christiana Girelli and Barbara Bonasea up front. I mean, it's going to take some stopping Juve this season, even when they're not at the best. And I just find it a little bit depressing, Ewan. Can you can you help me?
0: Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> because, like, as, as we said off air, we both went for similar vibes, as it were, with things we've written after the game, where Juve you know, yeah. were not at their best. They missed quite a lot of very good chances and they were on top for the entire game and they still beat one of the better teams in the division 3-0 away from home. <laughs> and that that's something that for the other teams you you have to look at that and be a bit scared because they they can literally only match themselves or go backwards this season, as we've talked about quite a lot. So the mentality for AC Milan and for Sassuolo and Inter Roma, if they want to get involved is that they have to win everything. They have to win every week. And so far, to be fair to them all, as we'll come on to, they are doing it. But however long that goes on for, I'm not sure that they just don't look like a team that are going to drop off anytime soon.
3: No, they don't. And I, I found it quite upsetting. I don't know if that's the right word, but it feels right at the moment that Fiorentina, as you say, one of the better teams in the division. They finished fourth last season ahead of Roma, and, and Roma, of course, won the Coppa Italia, beating Juventus. So Fiorentina have a decent side there. But never, and I mean never, did I get the feeling that they could win that game yesterday. For for the first, I think it was 37 minutes when, when Bonaccio opened the scoring. And it was a huge slice of luck that gave her the opener. She took it really, really well. But the, the Fiorentina defender just got... The ball caught up, belted it off her and then fell over. It was was really unfortunate. But even at 0-0, as resilient, as stubborn, as organized and disciplined as Fiorentina were, they didn't have anything that looked like it could actually hurt Juventus. And as soon as Juve got that goal, you could just feel the mood change. I mean, the atmosphere in the stadium was really good. There was a really good back and forth between a few brave Juve fans who had who had gotten in and the, the Fiorentina fans as well, including people in the press box kind of losing their minds, which was great to see. But once that goal went in, the Fiorentina players looked like they knew their fate. And that definitely passed in, into the crowd or maybe it went from the crowd to the players i don't know but it was definitely something that was quite noticeable around the frankie and then they never really lifted their heads again until it was three nil and they suddenly realized this could get really ugly i know that the third was scored very late on but it was only after that that they started really like i, I don't want to encourage this but kicking people and trying to get yellow cards just to stop Juventus's momentum because it, it looked like it could be any score at that point. The second goal from from came at such an unfortunate time because Fiorentina were, were not exactly knocking on the door, but they, out of nowhere, had a half chance when there was a mistake at the Juventus' backline and they got in on the right and played it across. It came to nothing because they just don't have that slickness in attack that we saw from Girelli and 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 then what do Juventus do well within 30 seconds they made it 2-0 and it was good night and then obviously Valentina Chenoya scored a stunning free kick to end the game we saw her lining it up and I was thinking if she scores this I'm at a really unfortunate angle because it it was one of those it was down the other end and from the other side if it had been on my side I would have had the perfect angle for it but when, when she whipped it, and you could just see the pace on it. The keeper had absolutely no chance to get at it. And then you, you were obviously watching about two, three minutes behind me. And I had kind of moved on from it. You know, I, I had seen the goal. I had seen the replay on my screen in the press box. And then you sent me a message just saying something along the lines of, oh my god! And then, it, yeah, it, it really was good, and I'm glad it showed <laughs> up on the TV. That,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I couldn't remember if you did say that yeah, or not. But, yeah, Juve are just clinical. Absolutely clinical, and they've got players who have been there and done it all before. You know, they've got Saragama at the back, they've got Buonassane <laughs> up top, and In every position in that team, they've got class. Absolute class. Someone who has shown a lot of ruthlessness in her first two games for her new club, though, is is Lana Cleland. And she made her Sassuolo debut against her old club, Fiorentina. And they really could have done with her yesterday, let me tell you. She scored what turned out to be the winner and didn't hold back in her celebrations, which I quite enjoyed. Then... She went on to score two in her second game, helping Sassuolo to a 4-0 win over Verona.
2: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone.
1: Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
3: And this is the type of player that Sassuolo and Milan need, and both of them have it. So, Claire at Sassuolo, alongside Sofia Cantore owned by Juve, obviously, on loan. Are they the, the people that we should really hang our hopes on of, of stopping Juventus winning a fifth straight title and continuing this ridiculous 100% record they've got of winning titles as a Serie A club?
0: Yeah, I think, I think so, because, you know, no team is ever going to win a league without having at least one prolific goal scorer. And... Um, Lana Cleland certainly started the right way. <clears throat> I want to talk about the the variation in her two goals because the first one was absolutely gorgeous. It was from the edge of the box and she curled it right into the top corner. The second one was the most bizarre goal in the world that I had to watch about 15 times to try and work out what happened. It came out from the corner. Somebody volleyed it. She sort of made contact with their volley right near the goal line. It pinged up, hit the bar, pinged down, hit her on the head and went in. And she just sort of <laughs> ran away as if she'd like scored another world. <laughs> I've never seen two more different goals from a player right on top of their game. But, um, but then it'll, it'll give us well even more sort of reassurance that Sofia Cantore then added the third in that game, which means that yeah. should any injury or any resting or whatever happen for... Lana Cleland, they've got another player there who can clearly score goals. And like you say, being owned by Juventus, that would be quite funny if they went and won the league now with a hat full of goals from her.
3: It really would be. I, it really, really would be. I do love Cleland because, like you said, she does celebrate every goal as if it's it's a worldie. There's a bit of the um, the people in Zaggy about that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it could bounce in off their Rs, but they go mad with the celebration. It's, <laughs> it's glorious. The. Probably the biggest surprise of this weekend was that Valentina Giacinti didn't score for Milan as they beat Sampdoria 1-0 away from home. They were made to work for it. I mean, they had the better of the ball, the better of the shots, but 1-0 with a goal scored in the 53rd minute suggests that, I mean, I'm not going to make any sweeping statements about this Milan side because they're obviously brilliant. They've signed Lindsay Tomas as well from from Roma, who's going to add a lot. I mean, Tomas and Giacinti are probably two... Milan, Wat Cantore, and Cleland are to Sassuolo this season. Um, but 1 0 away from home against the stubborn Samp side. It's just about getting wins on the board, isn't it? As ridiculous as it seems, I, I was talking about this in, I think it was my post match video or my pre match video or my post match article. I can't remember. But we're in game week two, and it already feels like a loss could be fatal. Just because Juve won every single game they played last season, you get the impression that any slip is is a blow that would be the equivalent of five dropped points in in any normal league in any normal season. But Milan are winning, and that is all that really matters for now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, with Juvechinci, from I didn't see the whole game from the highlights. Everything went through her. She she was quite. She's quite blatantly the focal point of that entire team. Um, And it was a surprise that she didn't score. She did have quite a few chances and she set up quite a few for other people as well. In the end, they scored from a corner. Um, But, but yeah, like you say, all of the games against teams that aren't going for the title just feel so sort of pressurised almost. You, You have to win those games. There's absolutely no chance of winning the title if you don't win away at Sampdoria, even though Sampdoria as we've said, do appear to be quite good. Um, any drop points in that sort of game could just be you out of it straight away because Juventus will not stop. Mm.
3: I do often hate the term at the end of the season. It's worse in Spain than it is in Italy, to be fair. And I think Zinedine Zidane was probably the, the biggest culprit of this. But But when people say at the end of the season, oh, we've got eight cup finals left, I hate it. <laughs> but these games genuinely do have that feeling right when you see yeah. like Milan are close in the game you think oh no if they don't win now in round two their season's over <laughs> it's such a ridiculous feeling but it it exists for a reason and I don't think it is an exaggeration what I've been impressed by though is that Roma have I've also won both of their two games scoring plenty of goals as well Andressa alves is probably my my favorite player in in sari alpha minilay and she scored i'm gonna give her the credit because i've seen her play enough to say that she meant this it was a gorgeous goal i mean she's probably about a yard from the from the byline from the touchline and she's at the edge of the box at the same time and i, I don't know how she did it but she just lobbed the goalkeeper and it went in at the far corner and it was sublime. And if anyone else had done it, I'd say, nah, you just miss it across <laughs> there. But Andressa doesn't miss hit passes, let me tell you. She meant that 100%. Obviously, Anna Maria Sartorini scored as well. Giuliano scored and Eliza Bartoli. So they were all scored in the first half, as was Eleonora Goldoni's, what, at the time it looked like it might make the game interesting. That was to pull things back a 3 1 with five minutes to go before the break, but then Roma made it four-one at halftime and understandably there were no goals in the second half. But Roma. We, we we're friends with Roma. We like Roma. And they <laughs> they look like they're they're going to do okay this season. So maybe we were we were overreacting a little bit with our preseason concerns.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we did fear for them slightly with the players they've lost. Um but it, it was hard to read much into their first game when they won against Pomigliano because it was three own goals, but at least this time they've gone and scored four of their own goals with um with uh, four different scorers as well, which often people are always quick to point out, but it is it's genuinely important mm-hmm. to spread the goals around the team, which, you know, maybe when we speak so highly about people like Lana Clennand and stuff at um Suswell, and maybe that could be a downfall for them later on, is that the, the goals don't seem to be Spread around the team quite as much, whereas that was one of the main strengths of the Aventis last season. Is that every time you checked, it was different names scoring one or two goals each every single week, which is going to happen if you beat teams thirteen 0 and nine 0 routinely as they mm. seem to be doing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Roma seem you know they they look like a happy and energised team, whereas let's like say we in the preview we did we did fear for them slightly.
3: Yeah, I think keeping Andressa and Sertorini and tying Sertorini down to a long contract as well, so, so big. So, so big. In the other games, Lazio remained pointless. They, I mean, that, that sounds quite harsh, doesn't it? Lazio <laughs> remained without a point. Uh, they, they lost to 1-0 to Inter, Gloria Marinelli scoring there. But the, the big excitement of this round probably came down in Campania where Pomigliano were losing 1-0 at home to Empoli until the 85th minute when, oh no, they were losing two nil rather until the 85th minute to two Empoli penalties until Juzy Maraca scored in the 85th minute. And then Danielle Cox scored in the 97th minute to give them their first ever Serie A point. Glorious scenes down in Campania. (laughs) And as we saw last season with the relegation fight, it gets very, very intense down there. And, you would expect that Pomigliano and Napoli and maybe Lazio are the three teams that are going to need to take every single point they can get this season. So it's a good boost for Pomigliano to get off the mark this early in the campaign.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's it's worth everyone finding the highlights of that game because the the celebrations when the equaliser went in from the bench were incredible. It's to me that was is the one good thing about fans not being in uh, grounds over the past couple of years or whatever is that it's felt it has it has been quite interesting seeing benches and stuff celebrate um really big moments it's quite cool hearing those noises but you know it's not a substitute for the real thing but um mm. so yeah that was really interesting and like I say Napoli are definitely in that group because they so nearly went down last year it obviously came down to the final day with San Marino um and then like you say Lazio just haven't really shown any signs that they can get anywhere anywhere near higher up the table to be safe enough. But you know, like, like I say, it's, it's a weird division and there's five or six teams that could easily find themselves dragged down there. Hellas Verona, even though they were relatively decent last year, I don't think they've got a point yet other season. They might they might have drawn their first game, I can't remember now. But, um, but yeah, there's three or four teams that need to be very careful. Obviously, it's the bottom two that go down. It would be nice to see Pommigliano or Lazio having just come up, stay up. Um just to show that there's not too massive of a gulf between the two divisions. But you do certainly fit yeah. Lazio. So yeah. yeah, you absolutely do, unfortunately.
3: Now, Verona lost 4 0 to, to uh, Giacinti inspired Milan in, on the first game of the week. Oh, of course, yeah. Next weekend's fixtures, we've got Lazio Milan, Sassuolo Sampdoria, Pomigliano Roma, Juve Verona, Empoli Inter, and Napoli Fiorentina. So there's a couple of interesting games to keep an eye out on there. I might might be heading to, to Sassuolo Sampdoria. I'm going to see if I can get to the, the Enzo Ricci for that. Let's hope I can, because the way the, the fixtures are falling, that is the, the easiest for me to get to. But I do just want to say, before we before we finish up, about, about the fans at, at the Frankie on Sunday, because it was amazing. The Juve fans, I tweeted about it, were very much there on the wind-up. And a lot of them had travelled from 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 further north from further south to get to this game so they were they were getting their money's worth let me tell you because they started singing early on and they were spread out so they weren't necessarily in one area either and when they started singing everybody around stood up and started like whistling at them and pointing and shouting things but there was never a threat that some idiot was going to go over and throw a punch, which which was quite encouraging. And obviously, if it had been the men, seria, there would have been that risk, and it probably would have happened. And it was really nice to see this, but it was all in good nature. And the the highlight came when Bonassea scored the opening goal. And obviously, in Italy, we, there's the usual the call and response with the the home per, the home teams like PA will stand up and say, "Assegnato, con il numero nove." Barbara! And then everyone goes, Buona sera! Well, some Juventus fan took this upon herself to announce. So she stood up at the Artemio Franchi and shouted it, and they all started shouting it back and the Fiorentina fans went mad. They did it again on the third goal, and some guy in the, the press box stood up, and he was hurling abuse at her, screaming. Bearing in mind, this is probably like, I don't know, a 17, 18-year-old girl and he is <laughs> shouting at her, and then his mate hit him and was like, "Will you sit down? Stop being stupid! It's a, it's like it's a kid. It's a, we're at a football yeah. life It's a kid. What's a you Sunday doing? afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just relax. <laughs> just, Not on the Lord's You're day. supposed to be in the press box as well. Here. <laughs> um, but also the 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 breakdown of the of the supporters. I mean, you go to a men's match, and in Italy it is better than in in Ireland than in in the UK, in that. Back home, you go to a game, probably ninety nine percent men, right, between the ages of thirty five and, and seventy. Here it was, uh, everyone. There were there were children, there were women of all ages, there were men of all ages, and it was really really nice to see. And the atmosphere was a reflection on that as well. It was a much better atmosphere than you would get at a lot of Serie A games, and that there was never a threat of violence happening or anything like that. And it was. <laughs> It was very encouraging, very nice. So I would encourage you, if you are in Italy, guys, take a look at the Serie A for Manile fixtures and, and head along to one of the games because they're great value. So that brings this podcast to an end for this week. Like I said at the top, if you want to hear about the the Azzurri and their... Two draws so far this international break. We will be talking about them on a bonus podcast over on patreon.com forward slash forza italian football.com. We've got two euro, five euro, and ten euro tiers available. As I said last week, the five euro tier is definitely the one to go for, though. It's by far the best value for money. So sign up, let us know what you think, read our weekly newsletters, let us know what you want to see more of from the website. And yeah, that's all I've got to say. Ewan. Thank you very much for your time. You can say goodbye now. Goodbye. (laughs) And it's goodbye from me. We'll speak to you again soon.
2: ¿Qué?